You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hey, Iris. Hey, Lisa. And hey, all our listeners, welcome to Outside by Design. Welcome, 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 welcome. This is a weird situation because we are back in a wheelie office, but I'm sitting in my office, and what are you doing? Well, I'm not allowed to come record with you, so I'm sitting in the conference room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, social distancing. Well, anyway, um, life is crazy. Sure is. And it's an interesting time to be an agency, and it's an interesting time to be speaking on behalf of brands. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting time just to be a human being. For sure. But I feel really hopeful about change and about America in general, and um, that comes up a little bit in this podcast. And I just, I really like this episode. Yeah, I like this episode too. Who do we have today? Today we have Kaylee Quinn, the founder and executive director of Climate Ride. And Kaylee Quinn, I really like as a person because she just crushes on a mountain bike. I can never, ever beat her Strava times. Uh, She's a mom and she's like so globally thoughtful and like one of those human beings that's just so scary smart and... uh, I don't know. I feel really um, hopeful about America as well, that there are organizations like Climate Ride with leadership from people like Kaylee Quinn. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Climate Ride is a really impactful organization. And the coolest thing about it is that it helps mobilize people to protect the planet. And so it ties in biking and hiking and running and merging that athletic endeavor with fundraising to support environmental passion, love of physical activity, and then philanthropy. And so um, basically athletes or human beings just like you and I uh, can fundraise and go on giant rides and accomplish something big while raising money for a cause that we care about. So it's big and really, really well thought out. Yeah. Yeah, Kaylee talks about... um, why charitable rides are so successful, why they can succeed, um, how she ties together adventures and philanthropy and the group experience of cycling along with like alone time and self-reflection. And she also talks about what they've been doing during COVID-19, switching over to virtual events and how climate justice relates to racial justice. So there's a lot in this episode. There's a ton in this episode and Climate Ride has always been super supportive of sustainability, active transportation, and environmental causes. And I love that Kaylee is not scared to now tackle social justice as a direct link to environmental justice. So um, I don't know. I'm really, really excited to follow Climate Ride in the next year. Yeah. Let's, uh, Let's kick it 
over to Kaylee and um, listen to what she has to say. She's she's a big thinker. Let's do it. All right, Kaylee, welcome so much to our podcast today. Thanks for having me, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and the first question we ask everyone is where are you and what are you looking at? I am in Whitefish, Montana, and it has been raining for several days, and so our aspen trees are just in full bloom, and it's incredibly beautiful, even though it's uh, gray and stormy. Did you get a ride in this morning? Not this morning. A little too wet. Uh, and I'm preparing to leave for one of our climate ride events in Bears Ears National Monument. So I'm getting ready for that. Oh, cool. When, when is that event? It begins this Thursday. And it is a four-day backcountry gravel ride uh, in the National Monument with a group of people who are very dedicated to supporting nonprofits in the environment and active transportation, as well as uh, organizations supporting the fight for bear's ears. So for our listeners, do you want to get into what Climate Ride is and how, um, how people can get involved with it? Oh, certainly. So Climate Ride is a Montana-based nonprofit organization, and we started in 2008. Uh, I'm the co-founder and executive director of Climate Ride. And the vision behind Climate Ride was that I was a longtime hiking and cycling guide working all over the world in active travel. And I moved to Montana after a stint working in China and parts of um, Southeast Asia. And I was really turned on to understanding the environment and sort of my awakening to environmental issues over those years of traveling. And I moved to Montana just as scientists were beginning to discuss climate change as a serious impact on the ecosystem here. And I wanted to figure out how to take my skill base as a outdoor professional and translate that into philanthropy for the environment and active transportation. So Climate Ride was born. It started with um, a bicycle ride from New York City to Washington, DC. We had 100 people sign up within six months of starting a website and getting donation software. And then we uh, had everyone meet with their members of Congress once we arrived in DC in 2008. So the idea behind it was really that so many people engage in charitable events for a variety of causes, particularly health and disease related causes, you know, like cancer and HIV AIDS and MS and, and type one diabetes, but nothing like that existed to support the environment and active transportation advocacy. And we were the first people to do that. That's amazing. So how did you go from having an idea to actually having actionable, like an actionable organization that people can sign up for? So those steps in the beginning, I feel like anytime you start something, there's a great deal of learning and so many resources are available to do that. This was 2008 though. And I mean, this was before really everyone had smartphones even. Uh, I looked around for mentors and people who had some experience in this industry. It, uh, the idea of charitable rides has been around for 40 years or so in the United States. Uh, they are, 
happen incredibly successful for three main reasons. They galvanize an audience to stay engaged. They constantly raise the profile of a cause and they raise funds for organizations. And when I really thought about it and learned more about American philanthropy, when I learned that less than 3% of charitable giving in the United States goes to support the environment, and that includes all animal welfare like zoos, uh, animal rights organizations, things like that, less than 3% of the money that Americans give to charity supports the environment, even though the environment is, is truly um, an area that affects all aspects of our lives. I was really moved by that, and I saw an opportunity to use adventure and to use sport and to use charitable events uh, to raise awareness of that cause. And then how did you, like, you kind of summarized it, like, yeah, and 100 people signed up. How did you get 100 people to sign up for something new? In 2008, you know, we, um, we made a website. We reached out to every single person we knew. I mean, there wasn't really social media then. We didn't have these other avenues of reaching people. Uh, I mean, we were astounded that 100 people signed up in 2008. And everyone raised uh, $2,400 to go on this five-day bike ride from New York to D.C. And uh, we worked with three nonprofit organizations to whom we donated all the proceeds of the event, and we encouraged them to reach out there to their supporters. And it was really uh, through our network in the active travel industry and um, our website, which uh, was designed here in Whitefish, that we were able to reach these people. And what's really fascinating is how much it's grown over the years. And uh, now with other tools and opportunities to reach people, I really think we're at a a beginning of um, incredible growth, especially considering how people are much more comfortable now raising money for issues like climate conservation and, and bike advocacy. That is a good lead into one of the questions that I'm excited to ask you about, which is how does philanthropy force people to examine their relationship to themselves and their relationship to money? That is a really interesting question. One thing I noticed working in active travel, for-profit active travel, you know, incredible people, right? Um, engaged in seeing the world and, um, and um, enjoying the people they're traveling with. When we started creating these adventures with a philanthropic component, people, the act of fundraising and engaging in philanthropy is deeply tied with sharing the fact that you're doing that, that you're taking that big step. You know, for many people advocating for climate from 2008 on when it became a politicized issue, you know, it wasn't politicized before that. It, 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 it was a, a significant amount of bravery to go out to, you know, write emails to a hundred of your friends or post to Facebook, um, you know, to everyone you know that you are taking on this big challenge to support organizations working on climate. So when, what we've noticed on these events is that everyone comes to the event with this incredible sense of purpose and this purpose unites us. And it brings people into a, you know, definitely with attitudes of positivity and action and advocacy. And what can I do next to further my connection to this cause? And that's really what we try to, the atmosphere we try to create during the Climate Right events. 
Um, I think when people recognize American philanthropy uh, and the billions of dollars that Americans give, there is space and there is money and there is opportunity to support nonprofits working in environment and active transportation. They tend to be smaller organizations. They tend to work more locally. You know, there aren't these enormous multi-billion dollar NGOs focusing on these issues. So I think there's a, a real education around philanthropy and how it relates um, to our, the environment that we wish to, we wish to protect. Uh, and we're seeing that people, they used to say to me, I can't raise money for the environment. How do you do that? Like, you know, it's not, it's not like raising money for other causes, you know, where everyone feels they've been touched by cancer, for example. Uh, but when you're talking about the environment, we've given people the tools to recognize that we're all touched by these issues. And I think it's going to become a much larger section of American philanthropy in the years to come. It's, it's also really interesting that you're using the bicycle as a catalyst for change. Yes. When, when we started, we, we asked that question, why are there no bike rides to benefit bicycling? And, uh, you know, active transportation advocacy, which a, a fair amount of our grants go to support, uh, you know, these are very small organizations working on a local basis. And the impact they have on urban environments to provide opportunities for people to commute to work or do their daily chores by bicycle or walking are incredibly important to mitigating uh, pollution issues and climate uh, impacts in our urban areas. So uh, I think the bicycle is a, is a powerful tool for change all over the world. And when you look at the people who have done our rides, we now have about 4,000 alumni across the United States and the world. And we've been able to grant more than $6.1 million to organizations um, that embody the values and the future that we'd like to see. So using that bicycle as a tool for change, I mean, many people, I often say, you know, if you can come on a climate ride with our support and our help, and you can ride 300 miles, there is a great chance that you'll feel more comfortable riding two miles to your grocery store. Um, and so it really changes people's thinking in terms of what their capabilities are. And so I'm very proud of having a part in, um, in raising funds for bicycle advocacy um, and getting more people out on bikes. Yeah. Another thing I find super interesting is that um, as a cyclist myself, like I love that time alone on a bike and like that introspective, I don't know, just all the things you think about while you're riding your bike but you've also built this whole entire community around kind of like this experience that you have alone but you also have this togetherness of of having like supported rides and so like how did you sort of reconcile those two worlds to to build something cohesive that people could understand and sign up for oh yeah you know uh Bike touring, I did a lot of bike touring on my own. I've done a lot of bike touring in, in groups. And on a climate ride event, there's multiple things going on. There's that sense of adventure, that sense of breaking out of your everyday living um, to join a group of strangers um, and do a five-day bike ride down a coast where sometimes you are going to be alone. 
um, alone with your bike, even though it's a fully supported ride. But that sense of freedom, that sense of adventure, and that sense of a challenge. There is, as you mentioned, the group aspect. And often when you're an advocate for the environment, it can feel lonely. You know, um, a lot of us are in our echo chambers and social media or you're in places where you just don't know people who are interested in these issues, or maybe you don't really know that much yourself, but you'd like to dive in. And so on climate ride events, it brings together a really engaging, adventurous group of people who are interested in learning from one another. So aspects that we've created on the rides are things like evening speaker series, where we'll invite experts on a variety of topics to come and talk to the group. So after you know an amazing day of accomplishing, for many people, what's the longest ride in their lives? It could be 30 miles, it could be 60 miles, it could be a 100-mile century day. This opportunity to gather uh, and laugh and learn um, and, and be inspired is really terrific. As well, we invite our beneficiary organizations. So on a climate ride event, on, on most events, you're presented with the opportunity to choose from more than 100 organizations that you can support. And um, so people support a variety of groups and that brings a lot of energy, especially that idea that we're sort of a big umbrella for this vast um, environmental and conservation network. And we'll invite uh, leaders at these beneficiary organizations, these nonprofits to come and give three minute rapid fire, um, you know, kind of elevator pitches about why their organizations are so important. And from those, those sort of touching moments, uh, our riders become more connected to groups they really didn't know anything about. So, uh, you know, I think by creating this holistic experience that touches, you know, your mind as well as the physical aspect, which motivates um, your body and your soul, we create this, um, we bridge those two worlds between the um, sometimes the soloness of cycling um, in the adventure of a group tour. Mm, I love that. It seems so well thought out, um, I'm sure through experience and, you know, putting on tons of events. Yeah, that just seems so well done. So how can brands, a lot of our audience uh, consists of marketing managers and brand managers. How can brands engage in this level of thinking? Well, you know, it's been so interesting over the years it, and we're talking about brands in general engaging with environment and climate, you know, these are sometimes issues which can be at odds with what brands represent. And this is something we've struggled with over the years uh, in terms of who do we align with? You know, is there, does sponsorship really exist when so many brands are um, approached by such a variety of organizations and so many things. And I think when I, when I work with brands, I'm really impressed by, um, by brands being more brave, you know, and, um, and that authenticity behind their bravery. You know, like right now, what we're seeing in something I've really been looking closely at with um, the Black Lives Matter protests and the responses from brands right now you know, there's some really deep questions about some of the large corporate brands and how they're presenting themselves, but then how they act behind the scenes in terms of funding politicians 
who are um, get an F rating from the NAACP in terms of how they approach racism in this country and systemic racism. So I think like nonprofits, companies and brands really need to examine their values. Uh, and I think now more than ever is the time to take a bold path. You know, if it's on climate, if it's on systemic racism, which these things are linked, climate justice and racial justice are, um, are, are inextricably linked. So I, I look forward to this uh, deep examination that's happening right now, because I think it's a completely different time than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome outlook. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Iris. You like to brush your teeth. Yeah, you like to brush your teeth too. There is this really cool toothbrush that I've just discovered and it is a battery operated toothbrush, so it vibrates and gets all up in the nooks and crannies in your mouth. And the company will send you a new toothbrush head every three months so you don't forget to switch out your toothbrush head. It's so simple and affordable and really fun to use. It's really cool that it just happens automatically and that that company just kind of takes care of it for you and you don't have to think about things. Seriously, because who remembers to buy a new toothbrush? Not me, but now I just get one in the mail and it's easy. Speaking of companies that just take care of things for you, that's kind of like having a retainer. That's an ongoing contract with a creative agency I know called Wheelie. Oh, wow. What's a retainer with Wheelie like? It just means that you sign up for services like social media management or athlete team management and that this crew of human beings just takes care of it for you and sends you a report on how awesome it's going. Wow, so if you like clean teeth and a clean brand, you should probably hit up Wheelie. WheelieCreative.com. If you didn't like smiling before, you certainly will after you meet them. So our level three at Wheelie, and we're always referring to these levels, you can check them out on wheeliecreative.com, but level three is level up your community. Sure is, right? First you have to level up yourself, and then you can level up your brand, and then you can level up your community. Mm -hmm. And Climate Ride is an organization that definitely levels up its community and the community of all the causes that it supports. And I really appreciate Kaylee's ability to link a, a brand in with caring about something and standing for something because we fully adamantly agree that if you don't stand for anything, then you stand for nothing. And uh, now is a beautiful time for brands to take a stance and really, really, really throw down to support causes that they care about. Yeah, I feel like for years now in this industry, we've been talking about how more and more consumers care about where a brand stands on social issues and that like not only should they take a stand on things, but actually do the work internally. And we're seeing that so strongly right now um, with Black Lives Matter, with companies making statements, but then not actually doing the work to change anything internally, getting called out for that, and or companies staying silent and getting called out for that. And people want to know that where their dollars are going are, are going towards the causes that they care about. Yeah, 
Super rad. Well, let's get back to Kaylee. What's, uh, what are you at Climate Ride doing to kind of deep dive into that or sit with it or um, a change and adapt? Right now, we are amplifying the voices of our beneficiary partners whose missions have always focused on racial justice and climate justice. And I think our position right now is let's think about what the needs are and how we can be there to support it. Uh, and as well, I mean, every organization's, you know, systems change is, is huge. And I'm, I'm not sure what the next steps are going to be, but I'm hoping for guidance from these organizations um, and social justice groups who have shown leadership on this um, for years now. I, I agree with you that it's a good time for brands to step up and make changes and amplify voices. And mm -hmm. I think, I think it's an exciting time. And I think our audience is largely involved in branding and marketing. So um, everybody's thinking really deeply right now. And I am kind of enjoying the national existential, uh, I don't know, existential thoughts that are going around collectively. Mm -hmm. No, it's a, I mean, this year for, for any company and nonprofit, you know, dealing with, with uh, something like COVID, which has such a, you know, we just ran our first virtual event um, in April because so many nonprofits in our network could very well cease to exist by the end of the year. And so we saw a really important need to motivate our, our network of what I call, you know, sort of citizens or everyday philanthropists, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, with the power of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people giving, you know, five, 10, $20, what sort of impact that can have. And could we motivate our audience um, in that time when so many of us were quarantined and sheltered in place to really dive into our own creativity and, um, and, and help support these nonprofits. And it was, it was astounding. We had 310 people sign up, raised $62,000 in one day. I mean, people had dance parties. They baked, they played piano, ukulele, um, you know, did art projects, did cleanups, did runs alone. You know, it was really um, a moment of great action and positivity. And so, if, you know, for us as a, a nonprofit company, we, we saw an opportunity to ignite our audience to make a change for that. And we're doing it again in July. And uh, we're really thinking deeply about supporting those organizations that are working on um, climate justice at this time. This is fascinating. Wait, so how did, how did this look? You had 300 people sign up and they raised money on their own? They did, yes. So we created uh, our first virtual event, and uh, we used a combination of our website, social media, and then we had um, a Zoom call that, you know, we had something like 125 people show up for that and did a big kickoff event. And then everyone uh, that day did these unbelievable creative events and sent us photos and videos, and we compiled all of that into a photo book. 
but, you know, primarily we'd worked on cycling, hiking and running uh, charitable adventures. So um, to shift that within, you know, basically an 11 day period into something entirely different, uh, you know, had, it was a really powerful event for our, our, our supporters and for our staff uh, and everyone connected. I mean, my mother started a book club where they read, um, read books about the environment. Um, and she's not someone who would have come on one of our bike rides. Uh, so it was, for me, it was, a, it was an opportunity to see our, you know, just that there's so many different ways to be an adventurous advocate beyond just the physical. I find this really interesting because a lot of experiential brands are having to modify their offerings and the way that they raise money because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And at first everyone sort of was slapping a band-aid on it. Like, oh, well, we'll just put this exact event online and it wouldn't really work. I, I equated it. I'm a vegetarian to like when people are like, well, we'll just pull the meat out of this meal and it'll be fine. And then you're like, but there's mm-hmm. no protein, um, you know, where it seems like you've mindfully built an event specific like it wasn't it, it's not a band-aid for anything else that you've mindfully built a digital event um, that still supports your causes but also honors the unique experience of being a virtual event I yeah I, I think we did and, and we really looked at that event and we've built upon that for our next one in July and I really look forward to seeing the outcome of that um, and you know the another thing we did was we made it so that fundraising was optional. Uh, and so that idea, you know, who runs a fundraising event where the fundraising is optional? Like, did I ever think I would do that? <laughs> and that was powerful too, because it made it inclusive and it made people learn more about our organization, you know, get to, to, to be with us in this virtual event. Um, before having to take a, a step into doing a five or six or seven day event with us. So I have to applaud uh, our team at Climate Ride for the brainstorming and creativity that went into it. Um, and all of our supporters uh, and participants who helped raise the profile. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the next one. We've created some a bunch of categories that you can participate in um, to jumpstart creative thinking. So we'll see how it goes. And that's in July. That's in July, July 11th. Cool, cool. And obviously, COVID has affected the the events. So, and you have the four day backcountry trip to Bears mm-hmm. Ears. How how is that changing? Or is this the first event that you're doing after COVID? It is. We did have to cancel. Uh, we did an event actually in February before, before we all uh, recognized what was going on with COVID. And so, so in a way, we were fortunate to have one event occur this year. But we did have to cancel our largest event, which is our California ride, which was supposed to be in May in California. And usually there's about 120 to 150 people on that event. And uh, it's a very strong fundraiser for our grants program. So given that, you know, what we've done is, you know, like you're talking about brands and and what they create, you know, what we 
do are these immersive multi-day events that really connect you to the cause, to the environment, and to fellow advocates. So now we're following, obviously, whatever state regulations are in place and what the CDC recommends, we've shifted to smaller and wilder and wide open spaces. So our events um, have a very strong COVID protocols in place, which can be seen at our website. And uh, we are starting to roll out much smaller events on the scale of 10 to 15 people versus when we did ones with hundreds of people. So that's what our event future looks like in the short term. And then we'll see in the late fall uh, how we're doing as a nation to address COVID and what happens. But until then, we'll keep innovating on the virtual front, running these small events, uh, and um, and motivating our you know our philanthropic base of citizens to support a variety of causes that are related um, to climate the environment, conservation, active transportation, and systemic um, racial justice issues. Wow. One thing I really, really respect about you is you live in a small mountain town in Northwest Montana, but you're such a global and national thinker. How do you do that? How do you stay so connected to the bigger vision, even though we might live in a, in a small remote mountain town? In a way, I think being in a small rural area causes me to think even more critically, particularly living in an area that's, you know, it's not like being in a more progressive urban atmosphere. I think it forces me to really think and examine uh, what I'm doing and to be very critical of my thinking um, and that of our staff, you know, we've got people based in Missoula, two people in Missoula, and I'm in Whitefish, and then we have um, two staff members in California. So, I mean, when I started this, I was definitely in a, in a small rural town to be talking about climate was really out there, really out there. And so when I go on these rides, when I go on the climate rides or the hikes or the runs, and I meet people from all over the US and the world, people from small towns, big cities, suburbia. And I find the conversations and the thinking so energizing. Um, and that, when I come home, it certainly sustains me, but then it also provides me with the energy to continue being an advocate um, in my own community. And so, it's been so wonderful to see the dialogues changing, um, but then I also so value being in a, I mean, I'm, I'm a person who, I, I crave the outdoors all the time. And so for me, it's, an, it's incredibly revitalizing to be home here in Montana, um, but deeply appreciative of being able to walk um, in a variety of worlds because they inform my thinking on both, both um, wherever I am. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And, and it just shows in the organization, it's all the thought and all the, 
all the conscientious uh, effort that you put into it. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you think our audience of um, marketing and creative professionals would be interested in? Well, I know this is a very challenging time for all um, businesses. I mean, for a multitude of reasons of what's going on in our world. So, I mean, there's some days, you know, you wake up and, and you wonder, you know, what will my company be? You know, so many uh, outdoor brands are small companies. I know that you know, my, my husband owns a, a, a rafting company in Montana. Um, and every day you just don't know what's going to be there for you, your, your staff, um, your supporters. And when there's hard days, I really, I really try and wake up and think, you know, how can I be as creative as possible, as kind as possible? And then also thinking about my staff, you know, like our staff at Climate Ride and making sure that um, they're energized and sustained through this. So a lot of companies had to, have had to make a very difficult decisions in the last six months. And, um, and uh, you know, my heart breaks for an industry that's already small and, you know, some are big, but it takes, it takes a lot of effort to run small companies and get them going as well as small nonprofits. So right now, if we can be as supportive as possible of each other, um, and connect with your nonprofit communities. If you're a for-profit brand, you see how you can be engaged, you know, and um, call on other people, you know, for creative thinking. You know, that's what I've done. I've reached out to so many people in the Climate Ride community to bounce ideas and, and talk about how they could see us move forward. Um, and I think we're all hopeful, you know, in terms of adventure and um, advocacy that, particularly with COVID, you know, that, that we can begin to re-engage um, as we have in the past starting next year. But that said, you know, I, I work on climate and environmental issues. And, and these, you know, you mentioned existential. These are existential issues. And so I do hope that we can think about what's happened and move forward um, to permanently change uh, business as usual. Mm. Cool. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for being on our podcast today and where where can people get involved where can they learn more definitely it's been great to talk it's such an interesting it's such interesting questions you asked and i appreciate that our website is climateride.org and you know please check out our virtual event um, email us ask questions and you can learn a lot about our programs, our grants, the upcoming events that we're running, and uh, you know stories of our participants and their efforts um, at our website. So I look forward to connecting with, uh, with uh, your audience, Lisa. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, I hope it stops raining and you can get out and ride some trails. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being here, Kaylee. Um, we're so glad that you took the time to join us on the show. And to all your listeners out there, you can find Climate Ride's website in our show notes, as well as some extra resources on climate justice and racial justice. And 
We would love for you to leave us a review if you haven't already, and you can see the rest of our episodes as well as show notes and links and transcripts at wheeliecreative.com slash podcast. And if you have a recommendation for who you'd like to hear on the show, please send it our way on Instagram or email or through the website. We'd love to hear it. And as always, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. See ya.